Welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast, a series of healthy conversations with inspiring hustlers. I'm your host, Madeline Carafa. Today's guest has a resume that includes some seriously impressive titles, including actress, world-renowned DJ, dancer, performer, and health enthusiast. Born into an uber-successful family of performers, Dina Kaplan is South African-born and Australian-made. She has performed alongside some of the biggest artists in the world and starred in her first television show in 2005. Dina has had a phenomenal career both on and off the stage, featuring in live musical productions and lead roles on television series, as well as being cast as one of the main dancers and actresses in the Dance Academy movie. Joining me while in isolation, Dina opened up about the roller coaster 2020 has taken her on. From losing all of her planned gigs playing at concerts and festivals around the world, to experiencing some major struggles and setbacks with her mental and physical health. In a very vulnerable Instagram post, Dina shared with her loyal and adoring community of over 220,000. I have been stripped of everything I once thought defined my identity. The saying, you have to lose yourself to find yourself, has never felt more relatable. This chat is beautifully raw, completely authentic, and is sure to evoke a sense of love, light, and hope. Here's Dina. This episode of The Healthy Hustlers is proudly brought to you by Upstate Live, Australia's number one live streaming studio awarded by ClassPass, with unlimited access to over 120 live classes per week, plus 100 on-demand classes with fresh, new and exciting workouts each week. Hello, Dina, and welcome to The Healthy Hustlers podcast. How are you today? Hi, I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you. I'm I'm doing well. No, I'm really, really excited to um, have you here today and for you to be chatting to me. And I know that you've got a lot going on and so I really um, appreciate you just coming on here and, and sharing your insights and your journey and what you're going through. So first, I'd love to start the conversation. I feel like, you know, with everything that's been going on this year, self-care is just such a vital practice that I think people really need to be incorporating into their daily lives just to help it be a little bit easier and calmer. So do you have a self-care practice that has been helping you recently? Yeah, I think it's been an incredibly challenging year and um, self-care has been essential for me. Uh, It's almost kind of like slapped me in the face how important it is. I think, you know, the classic ones like meditation has been a really big one for me. I wasn't someone who was able to sit with myself very well and to be present And so I've really been practicing meditation daily and it's not always easy and it's not always comfortable, but it's kind of been a self-care ritual that I'm really trying to put into practice to make it a habit. And then I guess the other one I've discovered in lockdown is I've started watercolor painting (laughs) and um, I'm really, I'm not very good at it, but it's just like, it's quite hypnotizing for me and it just puts me in this zone where I'm like, in a meditative state and I'm not thinking about anything else and my brain calms down. And so I've been trying to um, do what I call my art therapy um, daily, really. And um, that's been quite enjoyable. I forgot how much I loved art. So it's been a nice discovery. Yeah, I love that. How did you actually discover that? 
<laughs> um, well, it was actually a therapist I was working with said to me, like, you're so creative and artistic. Have you tried doing art therapy? And she was like, put on music and just paint or draw. And I tried it and I put on classical music and jazz music and I found that I would get lost for an hour or two just doing it and, and everything else would switch off. And, like, honestly, I'm, I'm no artist and I think, you know, that's not the point of art therapy. It's really just to put emotions out without being verbal. And, I, you know, I used to be a dancer and that's what I used to do every day was, you know, release emotion in a physical way and in an artistic way and sometimes – I get exhausted talking about my problems and it's nice just to put pen to paper, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, that's it's been a really cool discovery. It's been great. And it's not about, like, showing anyone or selling it or it being fantastic. It's just about the process of doing it and being present, which I really like. I love that so much. And what an amazing connection, like, back to your dance and realising how that you were always able to let your emotions out physically through that. I've always emotionally been really in touch with my I don't know my creativity has always tapped into my emotion like it's they go hand in hand and um, when she suggested this I was like oh yeah that sounds like a much better idea than just talking about my problems like why not just paint it out and I find myself like moving to the music and yeah it's really therapeutic I highly recommend it to anyone listening yeah I love that now the other day on your Instagram you shared a post asking your audience how they're keeping inspired at the moment and if they could share any things that they were watching and listening to and reading to <laughs> yes I would love to know your answers to those questions <laughs> oh that's great yeah, I always ask my followers what they're they, – they always give me the best suggestions. Like they're always – like I, I must have the coolest followers. Like they – I really take on the recommendations. But what have I – I'm quite a podcast lover. So I love your podcast, obviously. But um, Thank you. <laughs> I've been listening to all different ones. I listen to Stuff You Should Know, which is not really that fascinating, but I listen to it to fall asleep because his voice is really mellow and monotone. So I listen to that a fair bit. And um, I've been listening to a lot of Elizabeth Gilbert stuff because I find her really inspiring. And I've been listening to Goop podcasts and enjoying those. And I've been reading, I've been reading a fair bit, actually. I've been reading a lot of psychology kind of self-help books because I'm in this place where I'm really working on my mind and developing uh, my brain. So I've been reading a lot of stuff that's probably not that interesting to people. But one book I loved was Untamed, uh, Glennon oh, Doyle's book. My listeners will all know that because I've just like, oh. spoken about it on every podcast. It's so oh, good. brilliant. Yeah. So that was really, uh, that was a special one that I hope everyone reads. And in terms of watching, I've been getting into docos a fair bit because my boyfriend likes them so that's what we've been binging but I oh, I recently watched The Duchess on Netflix which was Catherine Ryan's show which I loved and I also loved Money Heist I thought they were both great oh so I'm so not a Netflix or like TV it's so funny <laughs> like my husband comes home and like he's chill out he's literally putting on Seinfeld or something called Netflix yeah. and it's just like I don't know. I, I don't know why. It just does not relax me in any way. Um, so I've do actually, you read? What do you do? I have bed? this year. Yeah, I've. I feel like I've had the goal every year to read more books, and I never do. And obviously, twenty twenty happened, and everyone's got more time. So I was like, if I'm ever going to read more books, it's going to be this year. And yeah, so really. yeah, I'm actually reading Untamed for a second time because 
It was just so damn powerful. I know. And I started Mm. three books since that and I just cannot get into them because the way she writes is just so... It's something else. Isn't it? It's like so hard to describe or to even like when people are like, what's it about? I'm like, I don't even want to tell you what it's about because I'm not even going to give it justice. (laughs) She she speaks to my soul. Like my soul really lights up when like I get excited and passionate and motivated. It's really, yeah... She's got such a gift. She really, really does. So, yeah, if yeah. anyone hasn't read that book yet, please, please do it. Um, I think every female should should read that. And I just think that she she taps into so many different facets of our life. So no matter what you're going through or where you are, you'd be able to draw something from it, I think, um, which I is what I, what I really love. But I would really like to chat about your life pre-COVID, pre-2020, because <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you, you know, we're traveling the world as a DJ, as a, as a music artist. I really want to want to talk about that a little bit more to give the listeners a real insight into, into you. Sometimes I'm like, I can't possibly describe my life to people. It's been <laughs> such a crazy ride. I went from being like a professional dancer, ballerina to acting and somehow found myself in the music industry, like on this roller coaster ride of being a touring vocalist and um, DJ. And I was playing some of the biggest festivals around the world. And it's been a, an adventure. Like I, I tend to throw myself into whatever I do. And I, I never in a million years thought I would end up uh, DJing and making music and singing with well-known bands and playing at Coachella and balls and splendor and all these huge festivals like that wasn't on my radar and it wasn't on my bucket list so it, it it's kind of um it was a wild ride um but one I'm really grateful for so I guess pre-covid I was I was touring a lot I was touring Australia a lot playing a lot of festivals playing a lot of club shows like my life is kind of just like one big music festival and really trying to strike the balance between acting and, and music. I worked on two films last year. So I was, you know, filming during the week and then flying to different cities to play shows or festivals. And before that, I was in L.A. and New York and touring the U.S. a lot with um, different bands. I toured with Hayden James and Rufus and I was singing vocals with them, but then opening their shows and then closing the after parties. Like, so it was it was a lot of traveling and a lot of highs and a lot of sort of being on stage and fulfilling my craziest dreams. Um, And then it was about striking a balance in between because I am a very healthy person. So it was finding balance where I could exercise in random cities in the middle of nowhere or eat healthy on a tour bus or find healthy snacks I could eat on an airplane. Um, So, yeah, it's been quite a an interesting challenge to find that balance of working in nightlife in the music industry and and being having this like ballerina mentality <laughs> that is just like oh my goodness I was honestly visual and I guess you know I've followed you for so long I know your sister so I, I've, I've known your lifestyle but I guess when you were just saying it to me then I was like oh my goodness I was visualizing it I just thought how crazy to think in a year, all of that has stopped. Like no one's going to music festivals, no one's traveling the world. Like it's so crazy to comprehend where we're actually at as a globe it's right now. Crazy. It has been, I mean, yeah, it it's really been the craziest year of my life in such a different way. Like to go from literally all to nothing in, in a year. Yeah. Um, all the shows I had lined up, all the festivals I had booked, all the plans I had made, 
it's all gone and and it's actually it's kind of scary because it's not like I know when it'll come back like who knows when music festivals will be back on yeah and that's it's one of the elements I've thought about the most is you know and I think you know so many people have but the music industry and artists and going from you know, so many businesses have been able to pivot or, you know, think of creative ways to keep going, but there's such limited things when you're used to traveling the world and playing at music festivals. So I've thought a lot about, you know, musicians and artists and and their mental well-being and how they're coping during these times. And I guess you have openly shared online that that you're not doing okay at the moment or, or most of this year. Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm I'm all about authenticity and being real and this year has been really really challenging for me. I've uh, been battling a lot of health problems and my mental health came crumbling down like when I couldn't work the way I was working and be do what I've done since I was 3 years old and be on stage and have that release like it's what I live for. It it really really took its toll and you know, it's been an interesting thing because I kind of needed the time off to work on my health, but at the same time, I didn't expect to go to, to absolutely nothing and having no creative outlet. So it's been really crazy. Um, I finally got a diagnosis this year of PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. I've been battling awful periods, you know, really since I was about 17, 18. And they became crippling uh, at the start of this year. I wouldn't be able to do anything really 10 days leading up to my period and the part that was really hard wasn't so much the physical pain but it was the mental aspect um I was suffering really severe depression and crippling anxiety and panic attacks and I couldn't get a grip on it it was really I was quite unsafe it was really really a dangerous time and um I had to get some professional help and get some guidance and you know, that's, it's, it's been a rough year. It's been a journey that I've been on to try work on my mental health and to try deal with this condition and treat it as naturally as possible. I've had to go on a lot of medications with a lot of side effects. <laughs> it's been rough. Um, and this condition is really hard. Like, and a lot of women go through it and they don't really, you know, they're silent sufferers, which I was, I, I didn't know what was going on. I just thought I had severe PMS but it wasn't normal you know to be bedridden and hospitalized so many times due to pain and you know it was just really unmanageable and so this year I just had to focus on it fully and I've been spending most of the year uh, I have been in and out of hospital a lot and when I'm not doing that I um, I've just been healing and it's been Mm -hmm. a big journey of healing. How did you used to cope with those days when you were traveling? Were you would you try to avoid not locking in shows and touring those kind of ten days leading into your period, or were you kind of unaware that it was going to take place at that time? I would try to work around it, but it was pretty hard to. And being the workaholic I was, and not knowing how to say no to anything, yeah, uh, I just pushed through and I pushed my body to its absolute limit until it, it came crumbling down. Mm. Um, I did have to cancel a few shows, which for me, it's like I pretty much have to be on my deathbed to to cancel a show. And that's when it got to a point where I realized, you know, this was a problem when my agents and managers were so worried about me and I was you know having to let down people who'd come out to see me because I just couldn't do it I couldn't get from A to B so yeah it's uh it was it was a really 
challenging couple of years, to be honest, of trying to find the balance of this with work life. And um, I wasn't always using the healthiest options possible because I was just pushing myself and wanting to perform. Yeah. And you touched on your healing journey. What has that consisted of this year? Oh, well, (laughs) to be honest, it's like, what aren't I doing? Like, I feel like I got to such a point of desperation that I was like open to anything. Like yeah. I've been I've been seeing uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, doctors, naturopaths, dietitians, and then I kind of tried to go down the natural, you know, more alternative medicine routes and you know, I've been doing a lot of acupuncture. Um, moving my body's been really challenging, so that's been a huge thing to go from being such an active fit person and a dancer to being quite sedentary and and being in hospital a lot and being bedridden a lot so you know I've gained a lot of weight and it's been a really challenging part to accept that I can't move my body the way I used to right now but I you know I know that's not forever but um that's been really hard but I have been trying to do more gentle exercise like just walking and yoga a lot of meditation a lot of art therapy yeah being kind to myself really (laughs) like slowing down We'll be right back after this healthy break. Are you looking for a boost of happiness and connection? Then come and join me and let's sweat it out together with Upstate's live on-demand classes. Designed to fit into any lifestyle, Upstate Live is Australia's number one live streaming studio awarded by ClassPass with unlimited access to over 120 live classes per week, plus 100 on-demand classes with fresh, new and exciting workouts each week. Give your body the endorphin-inducing workout it deserves with their boxing or hit classes, or nourish the mind and soul with Pilates, yoga and meditation. Each session is just 28 minutes, designed to fit into any lifestyle, and Upstate kindly offers a free 14-day trial. So what are you waiting for? Come and join me and hundreds of others as we sweat it out together and get the boost of happiness and connection we are all craving. Click the link in the show notes or visit www.upstatestudios.com.au and sign up today. It goes to show, you know, how many amazing resources and alternatives there are out there. Like to think that list that you just went through and to think how open you were to exploring all of those is so amazing. Um, and I yeah. think that's just yeah. a testament to how much you are dedicated to to getting your health back and, you know, hopefully being able to work at the capacity that you were again in the future. Thank you. Yeah, I don't think there's anything more important in this world than our health and you know I'm so privileged and lucky enough to have those resources available to me that you know why wouldn't I take the opportunity and the time to to work on myself and yeah I see that as um, a real privilege. Yeah absolutely I guess in those real moments of darkness what was the light or what were the things that really helped you? You know I think just hope I think no matter how dark it's it's been and how challenging it's got, there's so much I want to do in this beautiful lifetime of mine and there's there's so many things that are still important to me and I feel like I have a purpose that is greater than me and I'm not willing to give up on that. And I think if you have hope, you you keep pushing and you keep fighting and you don't give up as hard as it gets. 
I think having a support unit around you is really important. I've been really lucky that my family have been so unbelievably supportive. My sisters particularly um, have been my rocks and my boyfriend has as well just been absolutely like amazing um, and really my, my cheerleaders and my therapists, you know, everything when I couldn't pull it together, they've just been helping me through. And, you know, the last thing which may not work for everyone who listens, but it, it's something I have been trying to tap into is, is just praying and it's not necessarily to a God and I'm not religious in any way, but I do feel connected to the universe and I do feel spiritual and I was just kind of asking for help and, and I don't know, just kind of showing gratitude and praying to whatever is out there (laughs) to, to help me through this. I'm really glad that you touched on that. And I think you articulated it so beautifully is that we don't necessarily need to pray to a God or, or to be really religious at all. You know, I pray or talk to spirit or, you know, my higher self every day and call on them all the time for different things. And I think that having that faith that there is more and that these things are happening to us for a reason is just so important, especially at times like 2020 when, you know, we're all going through something and dealing with different things and probably not being as connected and supported as we usually would be because we're living completely different lives. I think having that connection is so, so important. What does a spiritual practice look like for you? Mm, it usually involves nature for me. I find that really grounds me and connects me. Right now I'm actually just looking out at these beautiful trees and I just tend to look out and do some breathing and show gratitude and say thank you. Like I often like to think about people who are important to me that have passed and I show gratitude to them and then I just kind of ask for guidance and support and for my, you know, intrinsic self and my higher self to to show itself and to make, you know, the best choices possible and to give me guidance. So I don't know, there's not really, I don't really... Uh, have a specific time or place that I that I pray but I just like to connect and it's often through nature that I feel very connected or when I'm in the ocean that, that's a big one for me like yeah you know yeah yeah definitely I can agree with that I feel like being at the beach or around trees is just like you naturally feel so much more connected Absolutely. And that bit freer as well. Like I think anyone, you know, especially people who are in lockdown in Melbourne, like it can be quite easy to feel trapped almost. Um, So I think having that connection to nature in some way, shape or form is just so, so vital. Yeah, I remember having this, um, I had a really, really bad panic attack when I was in hospital because because of COVID, they had to keep me isolated in my room for two days. And it just felt like the walls were closing in on me and I'd been in and out of hospitals and I just couldn't handle it anymore. And I just kept picturing being in the open air with stars and like just a tent and (laughs) nature and just feeling like this freedom, exactly what you said, because I felt so trapped and I was just picturing that over and over and trying to fall asleep to that image of being under the stars and fresh, crisp air. I think once we can all reconnect with nature, you know, it's been 
so challenging being in Melbourne. I think it's going to be, be so helpful to people once we can do that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's even though like, you know, just finding those pockets or that visualization like that, what you just said, like that is such a powerful way to almost connect to something else and to just know that, you know, soon we'll be able to actually do that in real life, (laughs) I guess. For anyone who is wanting to cultivate more gratitude, what are some things that you would suggest they could do, um, I guess, from today to really inject into their daily life? Gratitude's everything. I don't think we can be present if we're not sitting in gratitude because if we're sitting in wants and needs, we're just thinking about the next thing. So I, every day when I get up, I send a gratitude list to my sisters and we all send a gratitude list to each other. And it's a really beautiful way to start the day and even start conversation because sometimes they'll be so random. Like I think Ari said the other day, she's like, I'm grateful that I'm being more of a yes girl. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, Ari, I'm so proud of you. She's like, yeah, I'm going out for dinner and drinks. And you know, it's like, I'm doing, I'm being more social because she's just moved up to Brisbane. And so it's like a beautiful way to connect with people, show gratitude and, and start the day and have some, you know, inspiring conversations. Yeah. So I start my day with a gratitude list and I think that helps. Um, and the other thing I've been working on is my boyfriend taught me this one and it's eye gazing and you usually do it with another person and just look into each other's eyes and you don't have to speak very much but I've been practicing doing it to myself in the mirror and really looking at myself in the eye and showing myself love and trying to like switch the inner critic voice down a little bit and just move forward through the day saying like I'm proud of you you're doing great things I'm grateful for my healthy body I'm grateful for my healthy mind just yeah those are the kind of two things that have really helped me I love that so much. And it's funny, I guest um, last week actually was speaking about mirror work as well. And oh, wow. Yeah, it was something really powerful for me. I remember when like, I achieved something quite big with the business and my best friend sent me a message and she's like, go and look at yourself in the mirror right now and tell yourself how proud you are and like you know, just bottle up that feeling and go back to it whenever you need it. Mm. And it was just the most beautiful message to get and – I, you know, straight away got up and and went and did it. And it's so nice to now have that feeling, like to be able to go back and to reconnect with that energy and that feeling whenever I need it is so, so incredibly powerful. So important. It is, isn't it? And it's such a beautiful way to be able to shift that mindset, I think, as well. And And to just remind ourselves in harder times that, you know, good things are happening all around us, but you know, just because they're not happening right now, it, it doesn't mean that they're not going to happen again and, and they didn't happen once upon a time. So what are some of your tactics, I guess, then for shifting out of that more negative headspace? That's been kind of my biggest challenge this year is how to shift this negative energy when you're in such a negative space. It's like, how do I not sit in this self-pity party and how do I how do I move this? And for me, it's always, the answer to that has always been movement. It used to be dance and then it was, you know, exercise. And now it's really only walking because that's all I can do at the moment. But that's enough. And doing some breath work and moving my body or taking my mind out of that place um, using, you know, my painting or listening to some good music. I mean, everyone's heard these things probably a million times and they're cliche, but 
I think cliches are cliche for a reason. Absolutely. Um, because they work. Um, but yeah, I think movement is key for shifting perspective. And once we shift that, like everything changes, our relationship to everything changes. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, I agree. I think they're cliche for a reason because they really do work. So moving to your food though, because I know you are such an advocate for health as we've already heard. What does a day on your plate traditionally look like? I love food so much, but I love healthy food. I have a really uh, negative reaction to bad foods. Like my mind doesn't like them. I find that my anxiety and depression gets really bad when I eat a lot of sugar and dairy. So I'm a real advocate for food being medicine and for it being incredibly healing. So my day on a plate, I start the day with lemon and water because I'm trying to detox my liver as much as possible because I've been on a lot of medications this year. And then I have a decaf coffee with almond milk and I only drink decaf because caffeine's not very good for me. And then I usually have an omelette, so I just make two eggs with some spinach and tomatoes and avocado. Um, I snack on nuts, usually some almonds and walnuts, sometimes some carrots and hummus. For lunch, I usually make a big tuna salad and I put everything in there and add a bit of goat's cheese and pine nuts and make it really delicious. And for dinner, it's, you know, some sort of, protein with vegetables mainly I eat mainly fish so it's usually a piece of salmon with some roasted veggies Um, and then my like can't live without snack is I have blueberries and almond butter which anyone who knows me knows that like that's my snack I like I can't go a day without it when I even when I've like played music festivals I put it on my rider and (laughs) most people have like vodka red bulls and I've got blueberries and almond butter so it's like my just my favorite um snack and it's you know so nutrient dense oh my goodness I love that that is so funny that that is on your your rider (laughs) my rider is the funniest thing it's like kombucha incense coconut water almond butter like it's it's just ridiculous like I must be the only DJ in the world who has like the healthiest rider. Um. <laughs> that is hilarious. I would love to see their faces when they like get your rider email through. <laughs> like, they must be like, this girl is so LA. <laughs> She's absolutely how ridiculous. Talk to me about the blueberry and almond butter though. Do you dip mm. the blueberries in the almond butter? Is that how it works? Okay. So the key here, my friends, is I get frozen blueberries and put them in a bowl. It's a really challenging recipe. And then I get a tablespoon of almond butter and I mix it all up. And then like the almond butter gets all cold and yummy. Uh, Remember like back in the day we used to put like, what was it called? Chocolate ice kind of like. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then it would like freeze up. That's kind of what happens to the almond butter. And then I devour it. And that's, um, it's the best snack in the world. Oh my goodness. I need to try it. That is so good. Trust me. And it's, it's really addictive. Yum. Yeah. When I was pregnant with my daughter, I was obsessed with frozen raspberries. Like every night could Mm. not go a night without them. And I would literally sit on the couch with a bag of frozen raspberries, just eating them. And at least that's a good pregnancy snack. I know it was so good. So good. But it was really funny after I had her, I like went so off frozen berries altogether because I think I just ate so many bags of raspberries throughout you my pregnancy. I overdid <laughs> it. And it's only been probably the last month or so that I've actually really been able to 
get back into – like I'd still have them in smoothies and stuff but just eating them by themselves. I was like, oh, no, I can't do this anymore. Um, and I <laughs> thought that maybe it was just like some weird pregnancy thing but I'm back eating them now so I'm definitely going to try that. I've actually um, – have you tried cashew butter or macadamia butter though? Yes. I'm, I'm quite a nut butter freak. Like I love them all. So I've, I've tried them all. I can't seem to go past almond butter. Almond, yeah, okay. But macadamia butter is delicious. It's just a bit rich for me to have a whole tablespoon of, whereas yeah. almond butter I can really eat the tub quite happily. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, I've been putting um, a cashew butter or macadamia butter in my daughter's porridge in the morning with banana. Oh, and it oh, is yum. such – and coconut milk, and it's like the best combo ever. It's so oh, yummy. Your daughter's probably the most, like, well-fed, beautiful – I can only imagine how delicious and healthy her meals are. <laughs> I actually do always say to her, my husband gets really jealous because he's like, she eats so much better than us now. I'm like, yeah, I go most <laughs> days, like, haven't even had lunch, like had her leftover scraps for breakfast. And I'm like, Georgia, once upon a time, I ate really good as well. And now you get it all. My older sister's the same. <laughs> my older sister has two boys, both under four, and she makes them like green smoothies and wholemeal pasta and like these gourmet meals and she just forgets to eat and is running around after two boys and they eat like these organic fresh beautiful meals it's so amazing oh seriously I I think being a mum is the most impressive thing oh that's so nice to hear but oh my goodness I can totally understand how your sister feels because you are I think you know as soon as you become a mum you naturally just want to do everything the best you possibly can for your child and sometimes you completely forget to be investing in you and you have to be operating at your best as well for them to be their best so it is a fine balance and it's it's hard to get right I think sometimes (laughs) yeah it's it's a beautiful and I don't know I think it's the most important experience in a sense like I know for me from my perspective a lot of me wanting to get healthy and get well was so that I can have children one day and and be healthy for them like I think it's such a beautiful thing to be able to be well and healthy both mentally and physically and and not um yeah for me it was like I don't want my daughter to experience any of this crap like no way yeah (laughs) absolutely family such a huge part of your life. I I know how close you are with your sisters and um, I'm lucky enough to know beautiful Ari. She's been a guest on the show before. Aww, how she's an amazing girl. She is. She's so beautiful. How, you know, has it been for you this year being away from them when you're going through such a hard time? Look, I've spent a lot of time away from my family. I moved to New York when I was 17 and I've pretty much lived in the States on and off for the last 10 years and I've always kind of been on tour or living in Sydney. So I've spent a lot of time away from them. But when we are together, it's, you know, like we're inseparable and there's nothing like it. Like we finish each other's sentences and Mm -hmm. we just love each other so much. But um, even though we've been separated and that's been hard, I think it's been really good for me to have um, this independence and autonomy while getting well, like I I didn't want to push it on anyone else and I didn't want it to be anyone else's burden or problem. So they've been my rocks and they've been so supportive and we, you know, we speak every day, but it's also kind of been good for me to have some space to do the healing. I don't think this kind of work can be done when you're around too many people and I rely so heavily on them all the time and 
depend on them, that it's been really important for me to just find my own feet. Um, but in saying that, you know, we speak every day and they have just been, oh, like, I don't know what I would do without my sisters. Like I've been quite isolated and haven't, uh, not just because of COVID, because of being quite unwell, I haven't spoken to a lot of friends and I've lost touch with a lot of people, but my sisters have just been there day in and day out, no matter how hard it gets. Um, pretty, pretty amazing girls, those two. Very yeah. lucky. Oh, that's so nice to hear. And I guess with, you know, everything that has happened this year and, and is still happening, what would you say has been one of the greatest lessons that this year's taught you? I've been journaling like a maniac this year because I'm learning so much every day that I have to just write down all the wisdom and all the lessons. I think this year's taught me to slow down it's really taught me some self-acceptance and self-love and it's shown me that if I don't take the time to be present and slow down and sit with myself and handle my emotions, that it will catch up with me eventually. And I think the body is our greatest teacher and when you don't listen to it, it gets really angry. And I didn't listen to it for a long time and I kept pushing and I kept working and you know, eventually it had had enough. And this year has just given me so much respect for my body's resilience, for my mind's resilience and for my courage. So there's, you know, there's a lot of self-love there, which wasn't, wasn't really there. Like I, no matter what I achieved or what I did, I was just so critical on myself all the time. And this year, you know, I've, (laughs) I haven't achieved what I usually do. I haven't, you know, kicked any professional career goals, but man like on a personal level the growth has been huge so I'm really you know I'm just really learning to um to slow down I think I love that so much honestly I like had goosebumps when you're just talking then because you know I think well one you could just tell that was coming straight from your heart but to think that you know you've had everything from your professional life taken or, you know, ripped from under you within a matter of moments, really, like you would have been planning all of this stuff and thinking it was going ahead until the start of the year. And to think that, you know, you can speak that way and, and you've already learnt that much is is incredible. It's so incredible. And I'm so grateful for you being so vulnerable and open with sharing that journey because I know it is something that you're, you're living and breathing right now. So I'm just really grateful for everything that you have shared and, and all the insight you've given my audience. So thank you so thank much. Thank you. I'm grateful to be here and, and to share. And I think this platform and what you do is so important. And I've listened to many of your podcasts in days when I haven't been feeling great. And, you know, our vulnerability and our strength is what unites us. And I think the more people speak their truth and tell their stories, the more we connect and that helps us move forward. So, um, yeah, I feel very very, I don't know what the word is. I feel very lucky, I guess, to to be part of this. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review. For any products mentioned in today's show, please check the show notes below and hit the direct links. If you'd like to suggest a future guest, please follow at The Healthy Hustlers on Instagram and send through a direct message. Until next week, don't forget to invest in you.